Welcome to Real Estate and Coffee. My name is Joel Arndt. Today is Friday, October 4th, 2019. Here is some Canadian real estate news while you enjoy your morning coffee. So this article is older. It's from the beginning of August. But I feel like it's relevant for the time for, because we're in, tech, or we're in election season. And it's interesting. There's some very interesting trends that it points out. It's from the Globe and Mail. Average Canadian household spent more on taxes than living costs in 2018, report finds. The average Canadian household paid nearly $40,000 in taxes last year, more than the combined cost of clothing, food, and shelter, according to a new report. The Fraser Institute's annual Canadian Consumer Tax Index is meant to show how the tax bill has changed over time. Last year's average tax burden of $39,299 is almost three times what Canadians paid in 1961 after adjusting for inflation and has risen much faster than the cost of necessities, including housing, uh, including housing the Institute said. The authors calculated that the typical household spent just more than $32,000 on clothing, food, and shelter in 2018. Uh, there's a graphic here that's actually really interesting. Um, and so, obviously, I always link to the articles. Uh, if you don't usually click through, click through this time and check out the first graph. It's... Um, very eye-opening. First of all, the cost of housing, this actually kind of blew me away. I would have thought this was different. The cost of housing, adjusting for inflation, is about the same. It's 1961, it was 22.6% of the household income. In 2018, it was 21.5%. So like it's held roughly the same um, portion of the average Canadian income. Um, food used to be, taxes has always been the highest. Taxes has always, like it's always been the highest expense that Canadians have had. Uh, in 1961, the next highest was food. It was 25% of the average Canadian household. In 1974, that changed. And now food uh, food is much lower. And in fact, now, other than taxes, the highest income, sorry, the highest expense is... Uh, shelter, housing, and what's the other one here? Clothing. Uh, clothing's been um, um, yeah eight percent in sixty one, four percent in twenty eighteen. But um, very interesting. The in sixty one, the tax burden is thirty three point five percent in twenty eighteen. After much fluctuation, it's at 44 
taxes are 44% of the average household income. Anyways, let's keep going with the article. When you look over a couple of generations, we've significantly, significantly expanded the scope of government, Finn Poshman, resident scholar at the Fraser, Fraser Institute, said in an interview. If we want to continue supporting the scope of government that we do, we should remind ourselves just what the cost is. As a proportion of average cash income, okay, the tax rate climbed from 33% in 61 to 40.8% in 81 to 44.2% last year, the Institute calculated. Since the early 1980s, overall rates have remained relatively stable, ranging between 41% and 47%. The major expansion of government was between the 1960s and the 1980s, and it has so far proved durable, Mr. Poshman said. Another graphic here. Hmm. The growth in household taxes, however, has supported the establishment of programs that most Canadians would consider essential, said David MacDonald, senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. In 1961, we didn't have national Medicare. We didn't have a Canada pension plan, Mr. MacDonald said. Taxes pay for something. Other estimates of Canadian household tax rates are lower than the Fraser Institute's. In 2017, the Broadbent Institute calculated the typical Canadian family uh, faces an effective tax rate of around 24%. That's different. There's your effective tax rate on what you pay in your income, and then there's like how much you've paid in taxes overall. Anyway. A key difference in methodology is that the Fraser Institute includes a number of taxes not paid directly by Canadian individuals, but that are paid by businesses and may be buried in the cost of goods. Payroll deductions paid by employers, for example, make up a portion of Fraser Institute's family tax bill. The Fraser Institute's number also includes taxes paid by Canadian corporations on business profits, a total of uh, $4,726 per family. Mr. Poshman argues that the cost of corporate taxes are ultimately borne by employees and consumers through lower wages and higher prices. Businesses don't pay taxes, people do. That's well-founded in economic literature and tax theory. The report does not apportion Canadian families a share of corporate profits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, I, that's debatable. This whole, uh, I won't get into it. The report also draws attention to the gap between the Canadian, uh, what Canadians pay in taxes and what they spend on essentials, including shelter, food, and clothing, which account for 36.3% of incomes. Taxes, not life's basic necessities, remain the largest household expense for families across the country, the Fraser Institute's news release said. But as economies develop, 
the share of income taken up by spending on necessities tends to decline. I suspect it's not uncommon among the Western welfare state countries, Mr. Poshman said. We're not, we're not big outliers. We're neither an extremely high-tax country, and we're not a low-tax country either. Uh, you know, it's not altogether surprising, it's not shocking, and it's not like an outrage either, but I think the biggest thing is just the comparison between 1961 and 2018. Now, including the methodology is a little tough for me to swallow. You don't, shouldn't really, in my opinion, be including the corporate um, contributions to different, uh, to, to payroll expenses, uh, payroll deductions, that is. Because that's not, that's really not felt by the, directly by families. Although it can trickle down, there, I don't, yeah, anyway. But, seeing the overall expense of housing versus food and clothing. So I guess housing has remained at around 21-22% of the average family in uh, household income. But over time, what that means is that it hasn't mean that food has gotten cheaper. It just means that as incomes have risen, so has the cost of housing and food and clothing probably haven't risen at the same pace. That's what that means. It also probably means that like the cost of our healthcare, like sure we pay taxes, but we don't, I don't have to pay every time I go into the emergency room when my brother and sister-in-law have to bring their seven-year-old into the emergency room in Jacksonville, uh, near Jacksonville, Florida. That's a huge bill because, you know, the kid stuck <laughs> Lego up his nose or something, you know, doing something kids do. Yeah. Or to give birth. It's like at least $5,000 to deliver a baby. Forget about all the before care and after care. You're looking at a ten to fifteen thousand dollar bill just to have a kid in the states. So it's costly, and unless you have a good insurance plan, which you're paying into off of your off of each paycheck anyway, you pay for it either way. This stuff has to be paid for either way. I think the Fraser Institute probably wants it to seem like this heavy, heavy tax burden. Whereas it's probably, I think this probably actually illustrates, I think this, this illustrates two key points. To me, this illustrates two key points. One, housing costs are much more of a concern now than they ever were. And that's, that's nothing new. Like that's obvious and taxes are still, but even above taxes or sorry, even above housing taxes are still the, the number one expense that Canadians will always pay. And so the question becomes, okay, what do you want to, what do you want to worry about? Do you want to worry about your tax bill or do you want to worry about your housing? 
And that's something that I think personally everybody has to decide. And I think that's really what we're going to see in this election. So what do people care about most? Do they care about how much they're paying out in taxes or do they care about how much they're paying out in housing? So far, it seems like they care about what they're paying out in housing, but that's probably just because of the bubble that I exist in, in the real estate um, echo chamber. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Canada actually says when it comes time to vote. I'd love to hear um, opinions on this. I'd love to, especially anybody who's way more qualified to talk about it than me. Uh, email me, recoffee at joelarnt.ca. So recoffee at j-o-e-l-a-r-n-d-t dot c-a. One thing's clear. Expenses aren't going down. Um, and incomes might be going up, but you know, I believe that if you really want to get some financial freedom, you have to take it into your own hands. You can't rely on a, on a job on one job. Anyway, that's why I got involved in real estate. It's why I started in real, actually, actually before even real estate, it's why, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial. It's why, uh, and then what, how that extended to real estate. Um, it's also why I've been pumping up this wealth hacker conference for the last few weeks and why I will continue to pump it up until it's over and then probably talk about it after it's over. <laughs> we need entrepreneurial experience. We need to know Everybody needs to know the options, their options when it comes to their avenues to financial peace, to financial independence. I think everybody should have a baseline entrepreneurial understanding. What does it take to make money? And then if, and because that's going to work for you, whether you're in academia, whether you're a blue collar worker or, um, or even in government. And if we can teach our kids this stuff, their future is just going to be so much more secure because they'll be less reliant on other people and have way more self-sufficiency. So, if you, uh, honestly, the reason that I'm, I bought my ticket to the Wealth Hacker Conference is because I want to meet other people who are already hacking the traditional routes to wealth or who are on their way, who are seeking those wealth hacks. And I want to be around those people. And I think there's so much opportunity in just being and talking to and and connecting with people who are already doing this, already on this journey as well. That is the biggest value add for this conference. The speakers will be great. I'm interested in the connections that I'm gonna make. That's totally worth the cost, the cost of admission. Now, if you'd like 10% off the cost of admission, <laughs> go to wealthhacker.ca, pick your ticket level, VIP, premium, or general admission, 
and use the discount code REALWEALTH, all one word. So, wealthhacker.ca, discount code REALWEALTH, all one word. And let me know when, when you bought your ticket. I'd love to meet up. Okay. Have a good Friday.